and to be sharing the word with you on this morning. Uh, I don't want to delay um, any longer because I think we have a important word today uh, that I believe God has poured into me to share with you. So I want to get right to it. And the title of this word today is themed around the glory of God, but it's called Show Us Your Glory. How many of you know about a lot about the glory of God, the glory of God, and what that's like? It doesn't seem like a lot of hands went up. So maybe this is the right message that God has given Pastor Brian to give to me to share with you. In fascinating bookends to the retelling of plans for the tabernacle, we see the glory of God on full display. We find out that the glory of God will always impact us in profound ways. And that will be clearly seen by the world around us. However, we also see that there's a weight of the glory of God and that his presence can't be taken lightly. In an analysis of God's glory, based upon the, this text that we'll hear in just a little bit, we see God showing himself ready and available to help the Israelites and Moses. It is important to note, it was just last week that we saw that Moses asked God to reveal his, his glory. It was right there in Exodus 33:15 through 18. Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? Today, we're going to find out what God does at Moses' request. At the end of this message, we're going to discover, as Moses requests, what else will distinguish us from all the other people on the face of the earth. And I think I can go ahead and tell you all ready in advance what that is, and that's God's presence in our lives. How many of you like the feeling of God leading you in God's presence in your lives? How many of you like how that feels? Amen. I love that. It keeps me and guides me and steers me in the right direction, and God has given that to us. Today, we're going to look at this um, and examine this text um, from four points. Point number one, a consultation Moses has with God. Moses has a consultation with God. Two, there's a critique the Israelites have then with Moses. They have an interesting critique with Moses. They critique what happens to him. I don't want to give it away. But they critique what happens to Moses when he comes down off the mountain. Three, we have a charge of the commands. There's a charge that Moses gives to the Israelites with the commands of God. And lastly, we have a confirmation that to me is powerful from the Old Testament to the New Testament in God's word. Please welcome Miss Liz and Mrs. Liz Downey as she comes to read the word of God today for us. Amen. We have two scripture passages today. The first is 
um, from Exodus 34, verses 29 through 35. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. This is now Exodus 40, verses 34 through 38. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. Praise God. Usually when you think about, when I think about the glory of the Lord and you think about God showing up, and your situations. And I'd like to think when you think about God showing up in a situation that you've been struggling with, that should give you some type of celebratory feeling, some type of celebration inside. How many of you feel like that when you know that you've been praying and God shows up for you? How many of you feel the same way? You can clap your hands. It's all right. It's all right. All right. I, I want to start this message off with um, a small short or a small video that shows and displays the celebration one can have when they feel glory in their lives, when they feel uh, that God has pulled things in their direction. And this is from uh, a special needs uh, student, child or kid, if you will, who experiences his dream come true. And I want to share that with you. I think we have a lot in here who um, may identify with Gen Z or the millennials who like social media anyway. So I want to share this with you to diversify my presentation on this morning. Y'all pray with me. Here it is.
How many of us can relate to this story and that all of us have hopes that our prayers and our dreams will one day come true as his did? The fact of the matter is all of us have dreams and prayers and answers to those prayers we feel like sometimes are deferred because there is a process to get there. We feel like our dreams and the things we are asking God are deferred simply because we know and we see and we realize God doesn't give it just like that. There's a process to get there. Imagine how long he waited, what each day felt like for him to finally get his prayer answered and his dream to come true. He didn't ask for all the conditions that he has, but miraculously, this girl steps up, and this girl steps in to turn his life around just when he needed her the most. God does the same thing for us. But God has a secret ingredient, if you will, to securing your relationship with him. It's a secret ingredient, I like to call it that. Uh, secures our relationship, our daily walk, our relationship with him and keeping our faith intact. So in this text, both Moses and the Israelites essentially cry out for God to show us your glory. God, show us your glory. Moses wants this glory bad, real bad. Moses had suffered a great deal. In this Christian life, there will be, if you already haven't noticed, some suffering. And you will not get to the promises of God without sometimes going through some storms. If you can identify with it, why don't you go ahead and say amen. We don't know how long it took for Moses to go back and forth up those mountains and up that mountain. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that we know Moses had been with difficult people in a tough situation. And it seemed like at every level, Moses' faith was put on trial, or better yet, to the test. And I don't know if there's somebody in here today who feels like, based upon something you deal with or go through, your faith seems to be, be put on trial and be put to the test. I don't know if that's anybody in here, but if that is you, this word is for you today. Have you ever felt you've done all you can, you've marched as a Christian should, March, bitten your tongue when you wanted to say certain things and tried to keep a smile on your face through sickness, through trials with your loved ones, and the list could go on. And you've marched just like God wanted you to through these moments, but still didn't know when and how things were going to change and when God was going to show up in your situation. Moses in our story is tired and arguably upset. If I can go back a little bit, Aaron in chapter 32 has let the people go out of control. And Moses says that they are the laughingstock amongst their enemies. We fast forward to chapter 33 and 34, and we see there's a shift in Moses' spirit. He seems to shift from feeling angry when he receives a consultation with God. Once given certain assurances by God, but the irony of the text here is that Moses 
knows that the people need all the assurances he has too. He got to talk to God face to face and one-on-one, or excuse me, he got to talk to God in person. He got to talk to God one-on-one. He was there with him, but he realizes if I'm going to lead these people, they need all these assurances too. They need what, what I have. He feels God in this situation. They need to feel his glory. He says to himself, they need to see and experience the glory of God. And I feel sometimes we're in that same situation as well. God, this is rough. I, I need you to show me that you're somewhere in the situation. I need you. I need to feel your presence. I need to feel your glory. In this consultation, God shows Moses this. So I guess the question is, and the question to be answered today is simply, what is the glory of God? I think that's a word thrown around and said a lot. In church, uh, outside of church, I want to experience God's glory. The glory of God rested. The glory of God moved, right? What is the glory of God? I want you just to take a moment just to ask your neighbor, hey, tell me what the glory of God is. Just, just talk to him real quick. Just to, tell me what the glory of God is. This sermon is going to, message is going to involve you too. Because this is something that you're going to want. I like to think this is like a secret ingredient to being successful in our walk with Christ. His glory. Let me give you the definition that I thought would be great to share with you today. The Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible says the glory of God is an essential attribute of God. God's majestic beauty and splendor and the recognition of it by mankind. However, it is an ethical concept that embraces his holiness. What do you mean the glory of God is an ethical concept that embraces his holiness? Sometimes we see God show up in a way sometimes where people don't leave smiling. So sometimes God has to work and show his weight and show his power in ways that people may leave not smiling. We see God show up in his presence with the plagues. But God was working on the Israelites' behalf when he did that, when he showed up, when he showed his presence. We also see the Israelites receive some plagues because they didn't listen to God as well. That's still God's power and God's presence and God showing his glory in that way as well. So I wasn't finished with the definition yet after looking at the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible. So I also looked at Harper's Bible Dictionary. Maybe that's something you guys can check out on your own sometime as well. But they say that the word glory means, in Hebrew, the word kabod. Everybody say kabod, if you will. Thank you. Which means weight or importance. The word glory in Hebrew is kabod, which means weight or importance. God's glory is particularly God's visible manifestation to humans. As you will see, as I fast forward a little bit, in chapter 40, God's glory rests on the tabernacle. And they see the fire and the light from him, which symbolizes his presence resting on the tabernacle. That's what you call, and many people call, the Shekinah glory of God. When you see his presence resting on something, 
right? It's visual. It's there. Now, the word Shekinah is not in the Bible. It's used by uh, some old Christian scholars. But if you hear it, you understand now what that means too. Going forward, imagine if you will, and I need you guys to really imagine if you will, this right here. Imagine if you will, God has at this point the Israelites on trial. They know they messed up. He has them on trial. And he brings up Moses as the key witness in their case. And Moses, we know his face was was radiant when he came down from that mountain. Moses shares some radiant news. I'll paint the picture again. God has the Israelites on trial and he brings Moses up as the key witness in their case. And Moses shares some radiant news. Well, in the same scenario, imagine that just like the disciples leave Jesus with their hearts burning after the crucifixion, Moses leaves the Israelites with their minds burning as well during this trial. Here's why I say these things. After they leave Moses and see Moses after he comes down from that mountain and his face is glowing and radiant and shining, I could only imagine they had some questions because they first were afraid, but Moses actually calls them back. He said, no, 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 come back. I need to tell you some things. I need to show you some things. So initially they were scared, though they were scared, the Israelites resolved to realize as we should that the glory of God, we see on Moses, can be scary, but the good news is that it can help us as well. Sometimes God may have to shift some things around in your life and do some things, but that's still his presence working for you. It may be some things you don't like and and don't understand why this is, but he's still working for your good. Just like they were sometimes, were kind of puzzled by seeing why did it take all this for God to get our attention. Why, why does Moses' face have to glow? Why, I mean, it was some, some people say he had horns coming off his face the, the, based upon the way it, it, it glowed. Why does God have to do all this for us, for us to see his glory? But sometimes God does these things in his own way because he's God and he knows what he's doing. So they knew it could be scary, but the good news is that it can help us as well. In this scenario, it is definitely true, just like us, God needs to do things sometimes to get our attention. If I'm not the only one that's, that's true for, you can just say amen or raise your hand. Sometimes God has to do some things to kind of get our attention. And he needs to show up to say, look, you need to slow down or you need to go forward. You need to speak up. You need to say something, right? You need to make this move. But he has to do some things sometimes to get our attention. With this, I think there's a critique that the Israelites have after they leave Moses' presence. I could imagine them going back as Moses sends them back to put that tabernacle again together and do it the right way this time. And I think there's some secrets that they learn from the radiancy of Moses' face. I know that's a little deep, but I think there's some secrets that when they got back and got all their stuff together and start to make and put the tabernacle together, I think there's some secrets they learned from the radiancy of Moses' face. And I could see them huddling up 
as they went off to get the tabernacle ready, I could see them huddling up in my mind as I'm reading this, and saying to themselves, lessons we should know as well. First one is this. On contact, guys, God's glory is amazing. I mean, when we, when we first saw Moses, I know we were scared at first, but God is really amazing. To do all of that to get our attention, he must really be thinking highly of us. We must really be his children for him to think of us in a way to get our attention, to do that, to make his face shine like that. This was something we've never seen. His glory is amazing. So, so I think from that we can take the truth and the fact that God's glory is amazing. How many of you would agree? Even his cloud alone is just amazing. But I think when they see his face, they kind of, they kind of wake up. It's like, you know what? Man, it, it like, you know, this is not like any other God. He, he, he's amazing. Uh, I, I think they also said to themselves, you know what? Like, if, if, if Moses is shining... We were scared at first, but you know what? Well, maybe we can shine too. Maybe we can get through this situation too. Also, I think they were, they were huddling and talking to themselves, putting the tabernacle together and saying, you know what? God, I think, is really saying he's going to come be with us. He's going to work this situation out. He's going to make it all right. I think they learn all of this as they're talking, as they get back together in the tabernacle. And I'll show you why in a minute. But it's another thing I think they learn as well. And this is very important to this sermon. The second thing I think they get in there talking about is sometimes God finds special ways to show us he's involved in our situations, even when you don't think he's a part of it. I say that again. Sometimes God finds special ways to show us he's involved in our situations even when you don't think he's a part of it. And I thank God for that. He'll show us special ways. Sometimes, and here it is, the Israelites could have said, you know what? I don't want all this. I just want promised land. Why? We was in slavery all the I just want promised land. God knows you're not ready for that yet. What is the best thing that they could get? Him showing up as a reminder to say, look, you're going in the right direction. I got to do some things with you. I got to build some things up. I got to strengthen you. I got to give you some things along the way. So when you get to the promised land, you're ready. How did he get that with his glory? I don't think just from that, we should be eager to say, God, in my situation, I know uh, it's not where I want it to be yet. But just do me a favor, God, and just show me your glory in the midst of this. Show me that you're with me. Show me that it's going to be all right. And that's what God does for them. And we can give it up to God right there for that. He will show us his glory. He will show up in our situation. You can do better than that for God. Come on now. Yeah. If we were to have some deep conversations, I'm sure some of you would say, yeah, you know, it could have went this way. But you know what? God showed up. And he showed me that he was going to make everything all right before I got to the end of what I was praying for. Another thing I think God uh, showed them, and this all comes just from the radiancy of his face that they see, and they huddled up and talked about this perhaps as well, is that God can use his glory however he wants to. Sometimes we want God to do it how we want him to do it. 
But I think they learned, you know what? This God is so great. Man, we just need to just go ahead and trust him and let him use his glory and do it as he wants to. There might be a student here who wants to go to a certain college or a certain school. I got to get there. And if I don't go there, it's not going to work out for me. But maybe God doesn't have that for you. Maybe God has something else. That's just an example. But sometimes we just got to trust what God is doing. Or I would like to think we always should trust what God is doing in our life. So that's the third one. God can use his glory however he wants to. They wanted to see his glory manifested the way they wanted to see it manifested. But God shows them, look, he can use his glory however he wants to. Lastly, I think there's something that God shows Moses as he goes to that mountain and as he comes back. You do know that Moses could have been very upset with them. You know, they didn't listen and they really did kind of, you know, mess up real big. He got to travel back and forth up the mountain and go see God. I don't know how long that mountain is, but he had to travel back and forth. He had to do a whole bunch of things. He had to, you know, petition and put his cell phone on the line for them. He could have, but Moses, I think he realizes, he catch this, that God will give you strength to shine through tough situations. When he comes back, he's shining and his spirit is all right. He can talk to them in a good way. I don't know if somebody has situations where, you know, they're around people that you just sometimes may want to say some things that you just probably know shouldn't be said. If we're just real today, okay? Okay, I think I got one who, who knows what I'm talking about, all right? But God can give you what he needs or what you need to shine through those moments. So people can still say, you know what, that's a man and, and that's a woman of God right there. God's glory can rest upon you as we're with him in his presence and as we ask for him to be with us to give you what we need to shine through tough situations. That's big. That's good. That was good to me. But you got to remember, again, he calls those people to him. They try to run. He said, no, 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 come back. Let me talk to you guys. We're going to work this thing. We're going to make this right. And they went on with their charge. The charge is here. Now that they see this revelation, the Israelites go forward and they put the tabernacle together. God wants them to. How do we know this is probably what they could have been thinking in those points I just shared? And I think it's because of this. They had more at the end of the day than they needed. And Moses had to tell them, actually, you know what, guys, stop. Y'all build enough. Okay, we have more than enough what we need for the tabernacle. Everything's good. They kept going. They were bringing supplies. They were bringing all the things that they needed. He had to actually tell them to stop. They were charged. They were ready. And they were at a place where they wanted to go forward because they recognized that God's glory was present and was with them. Lastly, there's a confirmation that I believe the Apostle Paul pens very well to connect us to the New Testament based upon what happened in the Old Testament. And as they build this tabernacle, God is not finished speaking. God is setting something up to speak to us today. He forecasts what he's going to say in his word in the New Testament. And when he sends Jesus Christ, his son, as the sacrifice for us to die on the cross, Exodus sets up for sets us up for the revelation and the word Paul gives us and Paul tells us.
This is in 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 17. I'm not going to go through all the text, but I do want to tell you, Moses had to end up veiling his face, putting a veil on his face. And one of the reasons he did that was because he didn't want them to believe that God's glory was fading away. So he would put a veil over his face in that time. But Paul picks up in 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 17, as he talks to those who started in the church. And they're still having issues with accepting this new way that Paul has shared them, that Christ has given them. And Paul shares this with them and connects us to Exodus. He says, verse 12, chapter 3, 2 Corinthians, he says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses now today who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. Read that again. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. Some of them still wanted to believe in the old covenant. It has not been removed because only in Christ is the old bell taken away. I need to say it's good news to know that because Christ died on the cross, we don't have to worry about covering our face up and hiding in the presence of the Lord. Verse 15 says, even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whoever, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Get this, and I'm going to share a little bit more about it, and then we're going to go. Verse 17 says, now the Lord is the Spirit. Get this, now, different than what it was back then, now the Lord is not just a cloud in the air, but now the Lord rests with us, and He is a Spirit. He's inside of us. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We don't have to live in the condemnation and and the hiding and all the things that they had to go, go through back then. When the Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and He gets to live inside of us. Verse 18 says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And now, because God rests inside of our hearts, we continuously can have his glory move and work on our behalves. I don't have to wonder about doing what Moses had to do to refill God's glory. This is big. All I have to do is talk to the Lord and his Holy Spirit, which should be taking control of you, can move me in the right direction for me to see the glory of God in my life all the time. And not only that, it should grow more and more the older I get. So I get closer to him and I feel his spirit more and more. That's a praise because I don't have to worry about being alone in situations. Some of us feel like we're just all by ourselves. No, no, no. The Spirit of the Lord is with you. 
He will speak to you. He will give you encouragement. He will guide you. He will lead you to the right person and the right people to help you along your way. This is all a part of God's glory. We want us to show us his glory. He's shown us that through Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sin, who breaks through that veil when he gives, uh, gives up the ghost, as they say, and he dies and comes back to live with us again. God used them back then to let us know that God uses the Israelites to send a message to us that his glory is so great that the same faith they had to believe in God and to have a relationship with them, we should have, if not more, today. Because we have Jesus Christ on the inside that we can embrace. <laughs> we, we could embrace the Lord as much as we want. We don't have to wait for his presence to be over something, and then we have to move a tabernacle. We can, we, we can embrace his presence each and every day. We can feel his glory in our lives at all the time. When I'm struggling, when I'm weak, when I might want to make a decision that I shouldn't make, when I want, might do uh, or go back or feel like I need to go back into addiction I shouldn't be into, when I might want to talk about our world and our political uh, system in a way I shouldn't, I can just ask God, God, take control. Let your glory reside and resonate in me so I can walk the right way and go the right way and say the right things. God can do it. And this word seals the deal that his glory rests in us today. I hope that all of you in here have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you have not, I want you to consider having his glory be with you all the time and the Spirit guiding you. As I close and the praise team comes up or can come up, I just want you to be encouraged to know maybe you are missing that idea in your life. Maybe you feel like, you know what, I wish I had a closer connection to, to, to God and his glory. And maybe you want to say some things to him this morning and render some thoughts to him. You can come. You could come up this morning to pray. And you can let him know how you feel. It's like, God, look, I'm, 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 show, show me your glory in, 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 in my life. Help me to see that you're there with me. It could be through an ailment. It could be through uh, learning more about him. It could be you're a new Christian. It could be a lot of situations. Just, God, just, just show up. Show me your glory. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for showing us in this text that you had a plan all along so that we could see your glory in our lives. I thank you that in the book of Isaiah chapter 43, it says that we were made to be in your glory. Help us, God, to get to the place where we receive that, and we want to walk that way all the time and forever in all that we do, in our jobs, in our homes, and wherever we would go. God, you are great. And I pray, God, if there's one today who really wants to get in tune with your presence and you leading them, and they have been struggling, they have perhaps some questions for you or some things they need to, to share or, or, or let, let off their hearts and let off their chest that they can come today and they can pray and they can receive that healing that they need and that direction and that guidance and that confirmation and assurance they need on today as they pray over God and give this God over to you. This is my prayer, O Lord, today. Bless these now your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.